There is another, so we got our buzz on. Welcome to Buzzed Off Film, the spoiler-free mini-episode review that you are oh so familiar with at this point. My name's Chris Maxwell, your host for about 15 minutes to give you an aforementioned spoiler-free review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story from 2016, directed by Gareth Edwards, written by Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy for the screenplay, John Knoll and Gary Whitta for the story, and based off characters created by Mr. George Lucas. All right, there it is. Finally, a Star Wars spinoff, the one we've been hearing about forever, and uh, the third installment of our three-part buzzed-off film trilogy, where we're featuring three directors, all uh, opening their third movies across the nation this weekend. And that was the most concise way I've said it in all three of these podcasts. You're getting better. <laughs> getting better. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Uh, does that play out in the Star Wars universe as well? We'll see. I'm Chris Maxwell. I said that. With me as always, the man right to my left, the podcaster of disaster and the Brad Davis that God gave us. Brad Davis. Hi, Chris. Hey, Brad. How's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you? Good. A new Star Wars movie. Oh, you must be so happy. Always excited. And I get to have this excitement at least once a year for the rest of my life. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> the way the numbers on this is going to be. Um, and I will say this is the first film where I've watched all three of the director's films. Because, of course, with uh, Damien Chazelle and La La Land, I had only seen two of the three. And with um, Kenneth Lonergan and Manchester by the Sea... I've seen maybe one and a half. I have a fuzzy memory on you can count on me. Uh, but with Gareth Edwards, I have watched Monsters, I have watched Godzilla, and now I have watched Rogue One. And I can confidently say that Rogue One's the best. Okay. <laughs> I haven't watched, uh, yeah, I haven't watched <laughs> Monsters. I did see Godzilla, and mm -hmm. Rogue One is definitely better than Godzilla. Hey, there you go. That's saying something. That's saying something. I believe you can look back and find our Godzilla buzzed off film, right? I believe that's true. I believe we tore it up pretty good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Um, Godzilla sneaking up on people. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, hey, in this, maybe the Death Star sneaks up on some people. Mm, yeah, maybe. No, it doesn't. As soon as it appears, everyone's like, oh shit, there's the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are uh, living in a world without advertisements or uh, media at all, let us give you a movie trailer voice of what Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is all about. Both Brad and myself have composed original movie trailers. Yeah, movie trailers. Uh, to give you a little, uh, a little insight into the Rogue One. Brad, take it away. <clears throat> In this prequel to A New Hope, the Rebel Alliance has learned that the Empire has built a doomsday weapon, the Death Star, that could turn the war. They break a young woman, Jin Erso, out of jail who they believe will lead them to more answers about the weapon. What they learn leads Jin on an epic surge with a ragtag band of misfits to save the Alliance in Rogue One. I say ragtag too. Do you really? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> no, that's, that's very good. That's a little more detail than I go into. Um, but here we go. <clears throat> Imagine the Star Wars music. You know, the opening. Uh... Blasting into movie theaters everywhere without an opening title crawl, it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. 
Orphaned when the Empire kidnaps her brilliant scientist father, Jin Erso is swept into the rebel effort, along with a ragtag group of outliers, to siege the Imperial-occupied planet of Scarif and steal the plans for a new mega-weapon known as the Death Star before it's too late. Minimal Skywalkers, maximum action, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Nice. I forgot that a Star Wars story. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Thanks. We know. Okay. Thanks, we thanks. know it's a Star Wars story. <laughs> of course, this takes place uh, leading up to Episode Four, A New Hope. This ends almost exactly where A New Hope begins, which is uh, very interesting. Um, is. Now, again, to pee or not to pee is a very important segment on the these buzzed off film reviews, uh, especially in this trilogy of films because they are all over two hours long. Rogue One runs at two hours and 14 minutes. Brad, what if you have to urinate or poop? <laughs> what do you do? Do you leave the theater? Do you wear a diaper going in? What, what, you know, to pee or not to pee, Brad? I guess I wouldn't go the diaper route. Um, I, the, I'd be pretty fine going any point in the first two acts, maybe. I mean, you have to be a little mm. careful just to not miss information. But honestly, even the top of the film, while it, it gives you kind of exposition, I feel like enough of it is... You, it's a, the beginning is a flashback. Mm -hmm. Or I guess then you... Prologue. Flash, yeah, prologue. And you could probably miss that and still understand everything moving forward about what kind of happened previously. Mm. I feel like... So, if you miss the opening, I mean, maybe pee before you go in, but really until the third act, which I think is kind of the, the where you want, definitely want to be in your seats for, otherwise you could probably sneak out real quick and be okay. Yeah, I would say wait for about a half an hour when the movie starts. Okay. Get your information, then you can sneak out in like the second act, but I would say be in your seats for probably the last hour. Um... Because, um, yeah, they get to the, the aforementioned planet Scarif, which is the, I guess, main setting of this film. And uh, it's pretty awesome from there on out. I wouldn't recommend missing it. Yeah, the last hour is definitely the best part of this film, easily. All right, well, let's get into uh, For What It's Worth, where we measure our opinions against the price of admission. $18.75 for this big boy 3D Arclight prices. Ugh, all right, eighteen seventy-five a pop. What's it worth to you, Brad? Um, I mean, ten bucks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, you know, we on this podcast before we have discussed at length that I am not the biggest Star Wars person. Not mm -hmm. that I'm not a. Not that I don't like the movies, but it's just not something I grew up with. Oh, I've only seen the even the original three within the last few years for the first time, all the way through. So, um, uh, but. Yeah, the first the first you know hour and fifteen minutes is was slow for me. Yeah, uh, it didn't feel like a whole lot was happening. Uh, it felt a little directionless at times. It felt almost Michael Bayian at times. Where we're just like wow. hopping to different planets and different locations where I'm not really sure why we're hopping so much. A lot of planet hopping. Yeah, um, I. I, I didn't feel, honestly, maybe other than Felicity Jones and maybe the robot voiced by Alan Tudyk, I didn't really have a connection. K2. I didn't really have a connection to a lot of characters, I felt like. And even those, not as much. Maybe the mm -hmm. robot the most, which is kind of a bit of a, maybe not the best thing you would want out of a movie. <laughs> yeah. 
The reprogrammed Imperial droid. Which is good. And Alan Tudyk the does a great job of the voice and great comic relief in the... He's the comic relief in the movie, which yeah. does get some, you know, good laughs out of you. Um, I, I kind of think that... I mean, even the title Rogue One, the way they kind of reveal why that's the title in the movie is pretty stupid. Yeah. Or not, not really thought through at all. Yeah. Um, again, Last Hour is great. I mean, there's some great action. There's some really... Really, one scene in particular that I was pretty, pretty floored by, mm. uh, which was I thought was pretty badass. Um, but can you say in vague terms which scene it was? Uh, the um, uh, right towards the end, kind of going down a hallway. Going down a hallway. Uh, oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was pretty badass. Well, featuring a, a cameo, right? Which this movie has a decent amount of, um, almost to a. A bad extent. A fault. Yes, definitely a couple cameos are bad. And even that one... I'll I, say right away, I, I don't mind most of the cameos. I thought the R2-D2 C-3PO uh, shoehorn was egregious. And Is uh, that a spoiler? I mean... No, because they, they have no part in the plot. They really have no reason to be in this movie other than fan service to go, oh, but I mean, we know Darth Vader is a character in this. I mean, it's in the trailer. Um, yeah. And I mean, Peter Cushing is dead and gone too. Why are we doing the CGI stuff over these other actors to like Benjamin Button, Grand Moff Tarkin into this movie? I mean, I know he's, you know, heading up the Death Star, but God, that first scene just looks with him looks so bad. It just looks weird and creepy and kind of took me out of the movie. Um... I will say this movie should have been 20 minutes shorter. Oh, Cut down least. on that planet hopping. Maybe. I'd say 45 minutes. Oh, no. I mean, this I could have been an that. hour and 40 minute movie. I guess that's like half hour. Yeah. I mean, at least a half hour shorter. Uh, you could have condensed Mads Mikkelsen and Forrest Whitaker into one character. Absolutely. Unfortunately, because they're two of the most interesting characters of the film. But plot-wise, that could have been a little tighter. Um, and I, re I kind of agree with you. They could have flushed out these characters a little more. I think if they get to Scarif sooner and focus on this ragtag team and bring out their motivations and their characters a little more this could have been a really really special movie um not to say i didn't enjoy myself it does um uh, play more like a war film than like your you know space westerns like the other ones do uh which i do appreciate I, as i said once they get the scarif i think it's awesome the war stuff really kicks in uh, you get a lot of great action scenes some cool sequences of of um of obstacles that I really, really like. Um, and yeah, actually for better or worse, and I think time will prove that it's better. It helps bridge the gap between revenge of the Sith and a new hope in both style and in quality. Yeah, that's probably true. So if you watch these all in chronological order, you're going to get, I mean, cause there is a, there's stuff from revenge of the Sith cause Jimmy Smith's is in this. They're used some of the droids, some of the costumes from the original, um, uh, I should say the one, two, and three trilogy, the prequels, and the original trilogy. They kind of mash them up in this, you know, interim time, and it it works. And I think it really helps bring the world a little more together than having this huge gap between one, two, and three, and four, five, six, seven, probably eight, nine as well. Yeah, I didn't think of that. That's a very fair point, actually. I so, can I, I understand where you're coming from there. Um, but yeah, all in all, you know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, what I actually paid for La La Land in Manchester by the Sea and say thirteen fifty. So I, I liked it. I liked a lot of the stuff in it. Um, I think it's a fun movie. It's probably probably fighting to get in my top twenty of the year though. 
Oh, interesting. And then on your Star Wars rankings, I imagine this falls. What if the original After trilogy is your Force top three? Awakens, yeah. Force Awakens is four. Yep. Rogue One five. five. Yeah. Then three, two, one. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Brad Davis. Yes. You just saw Star Wars. Um, <laughs> you just saw a Star Wars story. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. There it is. What are you going to do next? Uh, I mean, my the ne- number one movie I want to see next is Fences. Mm. Denzel, Viola Davis. I am chomping at the bit to see those two just in a knockdown, drag-out acting performances. The trailer alone, I'm just like, oh my god, this is going to yeah. be awesome. It's funny you bring that up. We just talked about two movies heavily steeped in uh, theatrical backgrounds, whether it's Kenneth Lonergan or uh, the genre of musical. You didn't mention it. Here it is, Fences, based off of August Wilson play. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. But yeah, lots of, lot of theater-backed movies this year. Yeah, and I'm actually, especially after seeing Rogue One, which is so special effects heavy and so big, and it's, you know, I'm actually looking forward to Fence just kind of be like a play. Takes place at a house. Let's just get some people yelling at each other. Yeah. Turn it down. Let's go for simplicity. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Chris Maxwell, you just saw Rogue One, a Star Wars movie. What are you going to do next? Star Wars story, bro. Damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you got it right. <laughs> Jesus. Um,. Boy, I, I guess I'm just going to start writing the movie that takes place in between Empire and Jedi um, in Han Solo's Carbonite Dreams. Oh. Really nice, like, trippy... <laughs> Han frozen, Solo's Carbonite frozen Dreams. Coma, coma dreams that he's having. <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, Fences, I still need to see. I want to go see Silence. Jackie. Jackie. Um, yeah, I think those are the big ones I still have to catch up on before the end of the year. Uh, any, this is the last episode of the year, uh, outside of our Christmas special. Um, do you want to reveal any top three movies? For the year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, my top three right now, probably in this order, is La La Land, Moonlight, Manchester, with Popstar as my fourth. As of right now, I'm not, that is not set in stone, because I really wouldn't mind seeing, uh, those first three again because I think to really give a perfect uh to really know I would really like to watch all three of those again especially because I saw Moonlight a little while ago Mm -hmm. um but I think La La Land might end up being my favorite one of this year though I would probably argue Moonlight is more of an important film interesting I think that's Moonlight's one of the more unique films I've seen in a while um but yeah, I'm, I'm still holding out. I'm not sure yet. And I still need to see Fences and Jackie, I think, to really end Hell or High Water to kind of start rounding out the year a little bit. But that's where I stand right now. There you go. Yeah, I'm going Manchester by the Sea. Number two is Popstar. I treasure a good comedy. And uh, it is one of the best comedies I've seen in a long time. Agree with you. Uh, number three, La La Land. Moonlight's probably my number four. You um, know five? Maybe The Witch. Hmm. I think my five right now might That's be the, the lobster. Oh, lobster's up there. That might be my number five right now. But again, um, this is this list is far from complete. It, yeah, indeed, indeed. Oh, I do also want to say, uh, in favor of uh, Rogue One, maybe the most diverse movie all year long in terms of casting. Very true. I mean, there is there are people of all genders and races. I mean, we get a female. Uh, um, X-Wing pilot in this, which we haven't seen in the Star Wars universe, which is 
pretty great. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess you're right. You yeah. have it. Jesus. How about that? that? Huh. Wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, good on you. Good on you, Star Wars. Um, but, yeah, that's it, guys. That's our three-part buzzed off film, three-director, third-movie series. Um, yeah, actually, oh, and to wrap that up, I feel like this is a little bit of a revolutionary movie for the Star Wars universe. A little bit. And less of a traditionalist. Um, yeah, it's, to I mean, bring that La La Land uh, idiom back. Well, the concept of like how they actually got the plans to destroy the Death Star is a pretty brilliant concept. Even from somebody who's kind of outside the Star Wars world, when I heard that, I was like, of course, that's really smart. That's yeah. a really good way to bridge all this and a good way to explain something that maybe seemed a little, not unexplained, but mm -hmm. it's just nice to kind of tie that theory down one way or the other. Yeah. Anything to plug, Brad? At BD Always GP, Twitter, Instagram. Happy holidays, everybody. There it is. I'm at Cross Maxwell on all your social media bulls. At High on Film is the show. Please tweet at us, email us at the High on Film Show at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of any movie, uh, but especially Manchester by the Sea, La La Land, or Rogue One. And look for our Christmas episode John Favreau, Will Ferrell, Elf with Kimberly Condict, coming out on Monday. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We love you guys. Have a great New Year's, and we will see you on the 2nd after we see you this Monday. We love you. <laughs> Goodbye.